Good afternoon. My name is Rainer Füllmich, and it is my pleasure to serve as one member of a group of distinguished international attorneys and lawyers who have been collaborating on this very important case for many months now. This case, involving the most heinous crimes against humanity committed under the guise of a corona pandemic on a global scale, looks complicated only at first glance. But when you put together all those pieces, all those little pieces of the puzzle, as we will do this for you with the help of many renowned experts and other witnesses during this proceeding, you will see four sets of facts. One, there is no corona pandemic, but only a PCR test plandemic, fueled by an elaborate psychological operation designed to create a constant state of panic among the world's population. This agenda has been long planned. It's ultimately unsuccessful. Precursor was the swine flu some 12 years ago. And it was cooked up by a group of super rich, psychopathic and sociopathic people who hate and fear people at the same time, have no empathy and are driven by the desire to gain full control over all of us, the people of the world. They are using our governments and the mainstream media, both of which they literally own, to convey their panic propaganda 24-7. Two, the virus itself can be treated safely and effectively with vitamin C, D, zinc, etc., and also with off-label use of ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, etc. But all these, not alternative methods of treatment, but real methods of treatment, were banned by those who are using the guise of this pandemic to push their ultimate goal, which is to get everyone to receive the, as we will show in this proceeding, not only ineffective, but highly dangerous, yes, lethal, experimental injections. Three, the same people who made the swine flu, which ultimately turned out to be a mild flu, into a pandemic 12 years ago by first changing the definition of what a pandemic is and then creating panic, created this corona pandemic. The swine flu was their first real attempt at creating a pandemic. And just as one of its purposes then was to divert our attention from the blatantly fraudulent activities of their financial industry, more aptly to be called a financial mafia, which had become visible through the Lehman crisis, this is also one of their major purposes of this corona pandemic now. Had we taken a closer look then during the Lehman crisis, instead of blindly believing our governments, uh, government's promises that the perpetrators of those financial crimes will be held, held liable, we would have seen th uh, then that they had been looting and plundering our public coffers for decades. And we would have seen that our governments are not our governments anymore. Rather, they have been taken over by the other side through their main platform, the World Economic Forum, which had started to create their own global leaders through their Young Global Leaders Program as early as 1992 two of the first graduates being Angela Merkel and Bill Gates. And we would have understood already then what we will show you now through this proceeding. These financial crimes went unchallenged by our politicians because they're aiding and abetting those who commit them and profiting from these crimes. Four, ultimately, however, we will show to you, the jury, that the other side's main purpose is to gain full and complete control over all of us. This involves 
the finalization of their looting and plundering by deliberately destroying our small and medium-sized businesses, retail businesses, hotel and restaurants, so that platforms such as Amazon can take over. And this involves population control, which in their view requires both a massive reduction of the population and manipulating the DNA of the remaining population with the help, for example, of mRNA experimental injections. But it also requires, in their view, the deliberate destruction of democracy, of the rule of law, and of our constitutions through chaos, so that ultimately we will agree to losing our national and cultural identities and instead will accept a one-world government under the UN, which is now under the full control of them and their World Economic Forum, a digital passport through which each and every move is monitored and controlled, and one digital currency, which we will only be able to receive from one World Bank, theirs, of course. Welcome to the Whistleblower Newsroom. I'm Christina Bordeson. You just heard attorney Reiner Fulmish delivering last February the opening statement of a six-day grand jury investigation presenting to the public experts and witnesses testifying about the long history of massive criminal activity leading up to what you heard Dr. Fulmish refer to as the, quote, PCR, plandemic, close quote, and the crime surrounding it. Dr. Fulmish is my guest today. He's here to talk about what the grand jury uncovered and what he and his group of attorneys as members of the German Corona Investigative Committee will be doing next. Welcome, Reiner. Thank you for having me back. I want to talk about this amazing uh, citizens grand jury hearing that you held. It was a, I believe, five day event and six days and Mm -hmm. and, um, in various sections. And could you just talk about the highlights of each section? The um, uh, Corona committee had collected all, so many pieces of the puzzle, we needed to get some order into them. Plus, we got so many calls from our international ca- uh, colleagues uh, that we should connect them with the experts. Eventually, we decided a, a group of international lawyers, including our great colleague Dexter Reinfeld from uh, South Africa, Virginie from France, uh, Anna Garner from the United States, she's from New Mexico, many others, Deepa Lioja from India, Michael Swinwood from Canada, uh, uh, Renata, Dr. Renata Holzeisen from um, Italy, et cetera, et cetera, a whole group of attorneys. We decided that we would, we should conduct a real investigative hearing, and it's based at the suggestion, very valuable suggestion of Anna Garner. It's based on the well-known, at least in the Anglo-American countries, well-known grand jury investigation. Um, The the special thing about this is two things, really. Uh, One is, is we we realize that it would be uh, taking too many chances to do this kind of thing within the existing system. At least here in Europe, you will not get a fair hearing. Um, This continent, Germany in particular, is so corrupt um, and it, pretty much everything is corrupted. They have infiltrated their people on all levels of societies into all levels of society. 
we're talking about those who are responsible for this corona pandemic, which, as I explained before, is not a corona pandemic, but rather a PCR test pandemic, because that's what it's all based on, including the so-called vaccines. There's nothing there. It's just based on a test that cannot tell you, definitely cannot tell you anything about infections. The guy who invented it at the behest of the World Health, I'm sorry, World <clears throat> Health Organization, uh, a guy by the name of Professor Dr. Drustin is a fake himself. He's neither a real professor, nor is he a real doctor. His uh, doctoral dissertation seems to be a complete fake. So that's what it's all based on. It's all a lie. Both, both of these lies, the first one is um, the, the one about asymptomatic infections. That was needed in order to make the whole world afraid of everyone, no matter how uh, well-looking they are. Asymptomatic infectious, asymptomatically infectious people used to be healthy people. And we hope that pretty soon they're gonna be healthy again. So that was the first lie that was needed in order to make everyone afraid of everyone. And the second lie is, oh, I have this great test. I invented a PCR test to detect infections. He knows that that's a lie too. He knows the first um, as, uh, assertion is a lie. He knows the second one is, and we can prove it. And we will. Um, but um, the PCR test was really not needed for um, the mask mandates or social distancing or lockdowns. It was only needed as a basis. You needed an international health emergency. They call it a public health emergency of international concern. It's a it's a free it's an invention by the World Health Organization. It's not in any way democratically. Uh, founded on anything. Um, and in order for such an emergency uh, to, um, to be um, called out by the uh, World Health Organization, not by our countries, but by the uh, well, World Health Organization, you need cases. So that's what uh, they decided. We need cases. There weren't any cases. And that's why they used the PCR test, because he claims this, if you test positive, you're a case. We know it's a blatant lie. He knows it's a blatant lie because in 2014, he gave an interview in a German business weekly explaining in, in the context of, I think, the MERS uh, virus, which is also a, uh, uh, a variation of the coronavirus. He explicitly said, well, if you test positive, it doesn't mean a thing. You can be perfectly healthy. Uh, and on top of that, he said, the media is hyping things up right now out there in, uh, I think it was in Sudan. Well, that was more or less his, uh, uh, that's where he got his idea and where the World Health uh, Organization, we think, got their idea to start this new pandemic. So those are the others. Those who are behind this, it's not just the pharmaceutical or the tech industry, the financial industry, it's the people uh, we call them the Anglo-American financial mafia, the people who are behind this and pulling these strings. Probably not very many, a few thousand people maybe, uh, but they're using a lot of people inside the system whom they've bribed, whom they're extorting, and they're, they're, um, they're doing the dirty work. So we decided we're going to put all of these little pieces of the puzzle out there by way of, uh, of judicial proceedings so that everyone can see not just pieces of the, of the puzzle, but the whole picture. And that's what we did. Start at the top and name names as you go along. Start at the top and just give us a the, the overview. Okay, these are the top people. This is what they did. And they just filtered down. These are the handmaidens over here. 
And this is this is how it affected the public. Most of the people who we can see out there have been named already. It's uh, Bill Gates, who is trying to emulate um, the Rockefellers. It's the Rothschilds. It's probably it probably includes the uh, uh, British royalty, um, the Dutch royalty. They all started out um, monopolizing oil. Um, this is what happened 100 years ago. And when they realized that they had gotten pretty much everything under control, they wanted more control. And that's when they, in the US, here in the US, they invented the FDA. It's a private invention, uh, mostly funded by the pharmaceutical industry, as we now know. Um, they invented the, um, they invented uh, income tax. Before that, income tax was illegal. And after that, income tax, of course, applied to everyone ex except for the super rich uh, who put their money into charities and then don't pay any taxes anymore. Uh, but there's others who we can't see. Um, there, we don't think it's more than a few thousand people, maybe, super rich families. Um, but they're using all these puppets um, which they infiltrated into our systems uh, probably at least over the last 30 years or so um, because the major platform that we're seeing right now is the World Economic Forum. And this World Economic Forum is, they, they meet once a year in Davos. Uh, there's another meeting place in China now, but uh, their most important meeting place is Davos. And this World Economic Forum, which as we just learned from our expert witnesses, Johnny Vetmore, uh, <clears throat> who is the uh, partner of Whitney Webb, um, this is a creation of Henry Kissinger and the CIA. It was uh, in the 1960s, early 1960s, when American foreign policy changed from nuclear deterrence uh, to we want to influ influence European, European politics. That's when they used Klaus Schwab, who I think attended Harvard at that time, uh, to set up this World Economic Forum. He did it at the same time that he, just like his father did, his father tried to help Hitler um, uh, create a nuclear bomb for Germany. Uh, didn't succeed, um, but uh, Klaus Schwab uh, did this, more or less the same thing, trying to help uh, South Africa, which then still had their apartheid regi regime, uh, help them build up a, um, well, nuclear, uh, nuclear power. Um, I don't know if it was restricted to um, uh, uh, civil purposes, just energy, but I doubt it. Now, when you talk about the power, the, the royal family and those people, are you talking about, are you talking about um, their control through also banks? Yes. The Bank of England um, apparently is the center of, of everything, it seems like. The city of London, which is not to be confused with London itself, there is a separate entity which uh, is called the City of London. They are, th that's where the, where, that's their core. And then they have Wall Street as their fifth column, so to speak. So that, that's why we call it the Anglo-American financial mafia. This is not to be confused with the American people or the uh, British people, just as uh, this is nothing. This has nothing to do with Russians against Americans, Germans against the French, vaccinated against unvaccinated. It's all of us, humanity, against this super rich group of uh, psychopaths and sociopaths. 
So they're the overlords, let's say, and there may be overlords over them. I don't we yeah. don't know that they're unnamed culprits at that at that level. So then you mm -hmm. come down to the next level, which is uh, I, I would imagine um, the leaders of nations that are yes. their handmaidens. Could you talk about that and some of the handmaidens and what they've done? The World Economic Forum, which was set up in 1971, uh, in 1992, started their own program of, uh, well, actually creating leaders uh, for the rest of the world. It's called a Young Global Leaders Program. Before that, um, in the 1960s or so, um, Kissinger and the CIA, uh, through a special program, a summer school, which was in, I think they had this in sometime in the 1960s, they also created world leaders, um, the, uh, including uh, Pierre Trudeau, who is the father of Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau is a creature from uh, the um, uh, Young Global Leaders Program. Yes. Uh, but uh, many others, including uh, Macron, Macron. The president of France, um, Jacinda Ardern, she is the uh, prime minister of uh, New Zealand. Um, we just spoke to another witness who's lived, a German who's lived in, um, who's been living in, in Australia for the last 25 years or so. And he said he took, he and a group of other researchers took a deep dive into Australian politics. And it turns out if you look, if you see this thing as a pyramid, it's not just that the, uh, uh, at the, at the, that the people at the very top are corrupt. He says, on pretty much every level, you will find people who are either connected with the World Economic Forum or the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So we're, we're dealing with corruption on every level. I would never have imagined this to be possible. Especially in Europe, I think there's quite the grip because also I think Angela Merkel is yes. a World Economic Forum person. And uh, a more recent, uh, a more recent addition to the group is uh, Ivanka Trump, I believe, <laughs> and <laughs> up and coming. So you have these these leaders of nations. Yes, and and they, they, they probably think that they'll get a seat at the table. Uh, in reality, they'll very soon find out they're going to be thrown under the bus. Angela Merkel and Bill Gates were among the first to graduate from this Young Global Leaders Program in 1992. It does not give me a warm, fuzzy feeling that not only is Gates involved in all the vaccine uh, stuff and promoting that and controlling that, uh, it doesn't give me a warm, fuzzy feeling that he's bought up so much farmland in the United States. I mean, I think that's a national security issue, frankly, but you know, that's a, that's a discussion for another day. Okay. So now we have the, the leaders of the nations. And so how does it work? Then we have their agencies, the health agencies and so on. So yeah. just keep going on down until you get to Poor, poor hapless us. Very recently, we had an expert witness. I think this is this past Friday. Oh, here, here are my notes. Um, by the name of um, uh, Ian Davis. And he explained to us that the whole system is not just being run through the leaders of these countries, but they're... Uh, uh, the, for example, 
um, the Rothschilds and a few others own 146 central banks, including the Fed, including the Bundesbank, including, but on top of this, they also own the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. Um, that is how they funnel their money into the industries through which they try to control us. Currently, it's the uh, pharmaceutical and the tech industry, of course. And they have also infiltrated, for example, the German court system uh, at the very top at the, as the president of our constitutional court, which is our highest court, they have placed a guy who is responsible for a whole, um, um, a, a, a whole group of financial crimes. Um, this, these, you probably don't know anything about this, but one of the things that he is uh, accused of having helped create in his, um, when he was still ru uh, running as a senior partner, uh, one of the larger German law firms is so-called cum-ex deals. What this means, I'm gonna make a very long story, very short, is that he helped banks and super rich people to reclaim taxes from the federal government um, at twice or even three times the amount that they had actually paid. So for, for example, if you have paid a million uh, euros in taxes, he helped them reclaim three million euros. And that resulted in uh, damages to the taxpayer to the tune of 38 billion over uh, uh, 10 years, 38 billion euros. Our current chancellor uh, helped them get away with it. He's involved in almost every major financial crime that was committed over the last 10 years as well. How do you get successful legal activity on this? Um, <laughs> yeah. if, if you're dealing, if you have to go through a system that is hostile to it and, and is corrupt. There are still a few places in this world where the judiciary functions, um, functions well. There are some places in the U.S. Um, India is a good place. Uh, our colleague Deepali Oja is involved in a case, in a criminal case, for mass murder against um, Bill Gates. And their equivalent of the FBI is, is, a, is an independent authority. And uh, she is very confident that their investigations will lead to the ultimate um, uh, penalty. And that is the death penalty for um, Bill Gates for uh, trying to... Well, does well, the U.S. have an extradition treaty with uh, India? I really have no idea. I should ask her. Um, but even if not, um, he's going to have a hard time leaving his country because other countries do have extradition treaties with India. It seems to me something very important happened recently, which seems to me is signaling what their tactics are going to be to these lawsuits. Could you talk about the French lawyer Virginie de Arau Recchia? She's a great colleague, uh, very young, um, but just like Deepali Oja, who is probably even younger, they're true warriors. I yes. really admire them. It's a pleasure to work with them. Uh, she was arrested, I think. Last, she's French. Last, yeah, she's, she's French. French. Um, she was arrested on, I think, Thursday of last week. And they held her in uh, captivity for three days, um, allegedly because she was representing a terrorist, 
Well, she, she wasn't representing a terrorist. She was uh, advising someone who they claim is a terrorist, but I spoke with other French colleagues. I spoke with her as well. She's free now. Um, and uh, they all said, ah, nothing to worry about. This, is, this guy is not a terrorist. He's probably just one of the people who are asking questions, nothing more. Wait a second. When they say he was a terrorist, what are they saying that he was, uh, what kind of, what terrorism did he engage in? Because this happened right after she submitted this uh, class action complaint, right? She's been working. She's been working on our Corona, um, on our uh, grand jury proceeding, yes. But I don't think it had anything to do with that. There are rumors flying around that said, oh, that's because she participated in this investigation. No, we don't think so. Uh, we believe uh, that we don't, I don't think this guy's a terrorist. Uh, I'm, I'm not a terrorist. You're not a terrorist. But they would probably classify us as terrorists if it suits them. Um, but we believe this is only, this was only meant to um, instill fear in the other lawyers um, in, in the United, I'm sorry, in France. Just like the measures that they took against a German justice, uh, actually two German judges, plus the uh, experts whom they um, uh, asked to give them expert opinions. Um, they, I don't know, have you heard about this case? No. It's along the same lines as the um, arrest of um, Virginie. Uh, this happened in early 2021 when this judge simply applied the law because the mother approached him and told him, oh, my two children, I think seven and nine years old, they don't want to go to school anymore. I think they're being tortured there because of the constant PCR testing, because of the mask mandates and social distancing. They come home, they cry, they can't, they can't sleep. They have uh, stomach aches. Um, they are completely out of control. So please help me. And the judge, of course, said, well, I don't have the expertise to be the judge on this, but I do, I do know people uh, who we can call as experts. So he called three renowned professors from renowned universities. Uh, one of them is Professor Kemera. She's one of the experts whom we uh, interviewed. She's a specialist on PCR tests, a biologist professor of biology. Another one is a child psychologist. And the third professor is someone who specializes in masks. So they all came to the conclusion, first of all, PCR tests cannot tell you anything about infections, no matter how you apply them, because they can't distinguish between dead and live matter. So if you test positive, it may very well be the remnants, the fragments of your body's immune system uh, systems fight against the common cold or the flu because most of the common colds and flus also include coronaviruses. They've always been there. Um, and also the, the second reason why they can't tell you anything about infections is because you need a whole virus to enter your cells and start to replicate there. And that's also when you have symptoms. But the PCR test doesn't test for whole viruses because whatever you take from uh, on whatever's on the swab from your nose or throat, it goes into a machine, and it. but before it goes into the machine, it's completely destroyed. So the only thing you get, get and the only thing you test for is fragments, never a whole virus. On top of the fact that a PCR test cannot tell you anything about infections, no matter how you apply it, the way that they applied it, the way that Drosden, this fake professor, um, applied it is he used these uh, much too high cycles of amplification. 
which yeah, is that's a typical. kind of magnifying whatever you have there. And at 24 cycles of amplification, everyone agrees now, um, or beyond that, uh, whatever you find is com scientifically, scientifically completely irrelevant. And that's why the Frankfurt uh, Public Health Agency disregards everything that's uh, tested beyond 24 cycles of amplification. At 35 cycles of amplification, you get at least 97% false positives. And that's what uh, not just Ulrika uh, uh, Kemmerer told us, but this is also what Dr. Mike Eden, former vice president of Pfizer tells us, a great man and a good friend. And his, Drustin's tests, and most of the tests that were used his test as a blueprint all over the world, they're now, I think, four or 500 different PCR tests. His test was set at 45 cycles of amplification. Oh. So, yeah. So, it so was what designed... happened here with this, with this case, though? What happened with the case? Yeah, the judge, uh, relying on the expert's testimony, um, ruled against the school and said, you must not continue with this practice. This is dangerous for children. This is going to cause grave, not just physical, but also psychological harm. Um, and... Um, Three weeks later, he his house and his office and his car were searched. His cell phone and his computer were uh, seized. Same thing was done to the experts. Same thing was done to a colleague of his. Uh, same thing was done to a friend of his, just because she was a friend of his. And uh, But it was apparently, it was designed not to instill fear in him because they must have known that um, he knew what he was doing, but it was designed to send a signal, a message to the rest of the judiciary and it worked real well. And I think the same thing happened in France. I just want to get clear again about what happened to Virginie. Is there a connection between her having um, submitted this dictatorship 2020 state terrorism attack on the fundamental interests of the nation and crime against humanity, which was all about, um, you know, the, the lockdown mandates. It was against the lockdowns and the curfews in Europe. Is this connected to her arrest? We don't think so. Neither she does, nor do her uh, French colleagues think so. So, and I have, since I don't know what the situation is in France, uh, I have to rely on what they tell me. But it makes sense to me that um, this was merely designed to send a message to everyone else, because this is a very strong woman and she is not easily shaken. What is the message? The message is if you're out of line with the government, which as we now know is not our government, neither in the US nor in France nor in Germany, uh, but it's the they're the they're the, this evil group of people's puppets. If you're not in line with the government, we're going to go after you. That's the message. Well, if they do go after you, I mean, are you worried? No, I'm not worried. Because Have, has anybody come after you yet? No, I once gave an interview just like we're doing this right now. Uh, this is a few months ago, and uh, I had my one of my dogs with me. And he started to bark. I tried to calm him down. And then it turns out there were the police knocking on my door, 10 of them. Um, and they informed me very um, politely, informed me that there's a, an anonymous bomb threat and that they would have to search my office. 
when they did. I didn't mind. Uh, I was just hoping that they wouldn't wire anything here, um, but I don't think they did. So they searched my, but I continued with the interview because I thought, ah, I've got nothing to worry about because I'm protected. Um, and uh, two hours later, they told me, to, they told me and my wife to take the dogs and spend the time that they needed in order to clear uh, my offices, um, spend it with a friend or so. And we did that. And then we came back when they called us and I explained what I was doing. And they said, well, we have a different opinion, but we believe that we live in a democracy and therefore we're gonna protect you. And I said, this is great. I explained to them about the Corona Investigative Committee and I think five of them are now watching our sessions. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. There hasn't really been a formulated response, I think, to these um, from France, from Germany, or uh, to these uh, major criminal complaints. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that list all these people and that list all these crimes and so on. And, and I thought to myself, this, and you know, this is my reptilian brain, right? I thought, oh yeah, okay. So they're going to say that anybody who says that the, all these criminal activities have taken place surrounding uh, the implementation of COVID policies, et cetera, are terrorists because they're, you know, they are impeding our trying to get this pandemic under control. I really had that thought when I saw this. So mm -hmm. I'm glad I misconstrued it, but I, I'm wondering if you, how you, how you think in the best of all possible worlds, given all the different judicial systems around the world, how, how do you think the tip of the spear is going to what what is the tip of the spear for breaking this open and getting accountability and getting indictments for these people? Well, the um, two things. Um, we believe that there's still some courts in the United States that can be approached. Uh, we also have very high hopes on a case that we filed or helped our uh, South African colleague file uh, with the uh, South African Constitutional Court. In fact, my friend and colleague and co-founder of the German uh, Berlin Corona Investigative Committee, uh, Vivian and myself, we spoke to the former president of that uh, constitutional court. Um, he retired in October of 2021 after two terms in office. And he is just great. He understands everything. And we're only hoping that his successor is just as good as he is. But um, we do have very high hopes. If that is successful, and we're always attacking the PCR test because that is the foundation for everything. It was really only needed to create cases. And the cases were only needed in order to, to for the World Health Organization uh, to declare a public health emergency of international concern. Uh, the acronym is fake. It's pronounced fake. So it's right there. It's in your face. You know, they're, they're laughing at us. Um, and they needed this public health emergency of international concern only for the so-called vaccinations, because that's the only way you can use, according to their rules, not ours, um, you can use untested drugs, and that's what this is, um, on humans um, without a trial. And as we now know, uh, no real trial was ever conducted. 
um, the ones that they they tell us are being conducted are still being conducted and they can never be finished because Pfizer, as we know for a fact, has destroyed his own their own control group uh, by vaccinating them two months into the trial. So it's just one gigantic hoax we're dealing with. Let's move on to the vaccines. Is your group working on that uh, on that side of it too? Yes, uh, we did deal, you know, we we had uh, five different segments. Uh, you're right in that. But the first, it, it was really six segments because the first day, uh, it, it took us an entire day, an entire uh, session to give our um, opening statements. And then we started with the geopolitical and historical backdrop to all of this starting in 1850 with Charles Darwin and, uh, and the Huxley brothers, um, then the um, uh, Anglo-American, the British Eugenic Society and its American counterpart, which preceded Hitler. And uh, then we went on, uh, uh, took a close look at 1946 when UNESCO was founded. And one of the Huxley brothers, um, Julian Huxley, openly, explicitly said, oh, well, um, eugenics has been given a bad name by Hitler because, as you probably know, uh, the people who are behind all this, they, they've been financing both sides of the war, of World of course, War One, World War II, and then Hitler kind of got out of control. So because of Hitler, we can't talk about eugenics now, but we soon will. So that's what he said in 1946. Then we went on to explain about um, several... Um, well, I guess you could call them dry runs that were conducted um, for this in preparation of this pandemic. Uh, the first one was Operation Dark Winter. Yep. We spoke with one of the participants, that was one of the experts who we spoke with, James Bush. Then, uh, of course, there's uh, I think it's called Operation Lockstep uh, by the Rockefellers in 19 or in 2010. And then, of course, there is uh, Event 201 conducted in, I believe, October or September of 2019. That's what took us straight into the second session, which um, dealt with the PCR test. Because, and that's how we, uh, through our experts, two of them are, I guess you could call them whistleblowers, former um, employees, advisors to the World Health Organization, who explained to us that when, when there weren't any cases and they, they, uh, they panicked because they needed cases. Uh, why did they panic? Because wow. it, was, it was very clear to many of us, even the mainstream media, it was very clear that uh, the financial system was once again about to implode because they had completely looted and plundered Wonderful. our public coffers over the last 30 years. The first time we should have been more careful and we should have been, um, we should have taken a closer look was during the Lehman crisis, the uh, housing crisis, which then turned into, into a world economic crisis. Uh, that's when we should have seen that they've been lying to us. They being our politicians, because they promised this is never, never gonna happen again. We're gonna make sure that everyone is gonna be held account accountable. Well, no one was held accountable. They simply started to print money. Uh, out of thin air. So the second time the system was about to implode was in September of 2019. We have a summary of the uh, of the meeting of the in, in Jackson Hole. That's where the central bankers meet once a year. 
uh, summary by BlackRock when they, in, in this um, summary, they said something to the effect of, oh my God, uh, this is, they're on to us. This is going to implode. We're going to have to do something drastic. And that's when they needed, which they had been planning for, but maybe not quite as early. That's when they decided we're going to have this pandemic. And uh, when they didn't have any cases, they, they got the cases with the help of this German so-called professor, which whose uh, ideas of asymptomatic infections and, oh, this is the PCR test that can tell you something about infections, recommended to the rest of the world through the World uh, Health Organization. So the third day, we, um, on the third day, we dealt with, um, I believe, the vaccines. Um, we spoke about how there is absolutely no reason for vaccines. They're not necessary. They're not needed because there is no pandemic other than a PCR test pandemic. Of course, in the meantime, we know that they've been fiddling around with the viruses, these gain of function experiments. But despite of that, uh, the um, human immune system seems to be perfectly capable. It's a magical uh, device, so to speak, uh, it seems to be perfectly capable of dealing with this virus. It only has a, uh, it, it has a survival rate of 99.97%. Children or people under the age of 20 or even 30 are statistically speaking at no risk whatsoever. So there's no reason for a pandemic. And even if there is uh, a virus out there, which there is, we don't deny that, um, it's, um, it's no more dangerous than the common flu at 0.14, 0.15 infection fatality rate. And there, is, there are alternative or real methods of treatment for this virus, vitamin D, vitamin C, uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, many other things. So there's no necessity. On the other hand, they are not even effective. In a medical trial, you test the new drug for its e efficacy and its uh, safety. We know they're not effective because I think 90% of the people who are hospitalized with COVID symptoms, so the vaccines seem to have given these people COVID symptoms and worse, 90% of the people who are hospitalized with COVID symptoms in Israel, which is one of the most vaccinated country on earth, or the UK have been vaccinated. What does that tell you? Don't tell me about breakthrough infections. It means they're not effective. On the other hand, they're extremely dangerous. You may have spoken with uh, Dr. Zelenko, he and others, um, and now I spoke with Todd Callender this past Friday. Uh, he's an attorney uh, and uh, he gave us, just like Tom Renz, he gave us some insight into uh, what happened um, uh, with the American military. Um, in, in the year 2021, he's an insurance lawyer really, in the year 2020, uh, specializing in mortality, uh, tables. Um, in the year 2021, only uh, from the beginning of 2021 through October, um, the military had an increase in all-cause mortality of 1,100%. They expect, tw uh, in 2022, they expect there to be an, incre an increase of 5,000%. And this is not uh, a population of elderly people with uh, all kinds of uh, medical conditions. No, we're talking about 18, 25-year-olds who don't wake up, who simply oh die in their sleep. Yes. 
So that was uh, the third day, I believe. And then, of course, we wanted to know why do people go along with this if there's no reason for it? And of course, they have, there has to be a psychological explanation for this. We spoke with, um, we spoke with uh, two former members of the uh, British intelligence services and with a group of psychologists, one of them from the US, Meredith Miller, very smart woman, good woman. And uh, they explained to us um, that this is almost like the Stockholm syndrome, or that's what uh, the uh, French um, psychologist and philosopher, uh, Ari Dr. Ariane Billeran, that's her name, that's what she told us. Meredith Miller focused on the parallels to abusive relationships. Uh, you eventually, uh, just like with the Stockholm syndrome, you eventually um, tend to believe that your tormentor is your friend because you don't have any others. Um, the one person, we're going to listen to him. He's a good friend now. We're going to listen to him uh, before we give our um, um, uh, closing uh, arguments. Um, Professor Matthias Desmond from Belgium, you may have heard of him. Yes, I have. He's the one who explains so brilliantly well about mass transformation. He says, this is what they're doing. This is psychological terrorism, of course. What they first created a number of things. The most important is, the most important one is, um, what, what does he call it? Free-floating anxiety. A lot of people... Uh, were afraid of something that they didn't couldn't really put their hand on. So there's free-floating and anxiety. And then they came up with corona, and now it, is, it isn't free-floating anymore, but you have something to focus Focusing. your attention on. And, um, and then, you have, uh, of course, you're only a member of a group. You do this uh, for altruistic reasons. You do this to save everyone else. And if you're not part of the group, which is dedicated to save everyone else, then, of course, you're an outcast, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're right-wing Nazi, Nazi, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, what this boils down to, he says, 30% of the people are truly hypnotized. They're not just like hypnotized, he says, but they're hypnotized. Hypnotized in the sense that they cannot be approached. You cannot tell them anything because you're not, they're not going to listen. They're going to get very aggressive. Hypnotized uh, meaning... In the sense of, I don't know if you know about this, but in China, uh, I think they're still conducting, they're doing open heart surgery under hypnosis without any anesthesia. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. I really want to do that. <laughs> but of course, these cannot, cannot talk to these people when they're in hypnosis. So that is what he compared that with. 40% of the people, however, are kind of sitting on the fence. They don't know which side to get off on. Um, and they can still, we can still address them with facts. And that's why he says we have to keep on talking and getting out the truth, getting out the real facts and uh, spreading them far and wide so that everyone has a chance to make up their own minds. Because many of the people, many, of, many members of this group of the 40% have been vaccinated in the meantime, but are beginning to have serious doubts about whether or not it made sense because they can see that uh, it doesn't work. It's not effective. Uh, on the contrary, it's causing serious bodily dam damage. Yeah, I think in the US alone, uh, we all know that the uh, VAERS data are, um, the, the cases that are reported, there's heavy underreporting. 
So we all know that it's not just, I don't know, 40,000 or so, but um, I think Zelenko agrees with that and others. Um, between the beginning of the vaccinations in December of 2020 and uh, I think July of uh, 2021, they're, they're, they, he, they estimate that it's uh, 500,000 people died in the US. Uh, as a result of these vaccines. Now, of course, we don't know in every single case because there are hardly any autopsies being performed, hardly any postmortems. Uh, we don't, we can't show, we can't prove this. Um, however, in Germany, we, the Corona Committee, we have conducted with a group of pathologists. They now include 50 pathologists. We have conducted um, three pathology conferences. And uh, what they found out that in, I think 70% of the cases of the, of the uh, people who they, uh, the, the postmortems that they conducted, people who died after getting the shots, not after they had spent some time in, in a hospital because that may have, distorted uh, the real facts, but people who just dropped dead on the street or didn't wake up, 70% um, uh, of these people with certainty died because of the vaccine. So there is causation there. In 20% of the cases, there was um, a, a good possibility, a high probability that it was caused by the vaccines. And I think in only two cases, they concluded that it didn't have anything to do with uh, vaccination. So there you have it. It's completely dangerous. It's the worst experiment ever performed on mankind. And we have come to the conclusion, and that is what the uh, fourth day or fifth day dealt with, uh, this is genocide. This is not by accident. This has nothing to do with negligence. It doesn't have anything to, to do with healthcare either. Uh, but this is genocide, uh, which is ultimately what eugenics um, uh, focuses on, genocide. It seems to me that if that's what it is, where the legal part is moving very slowly. Yes. I mean, are there no shortcuts to be taken to address this crime because it is the crime that is continuing it's ongoing it keeps on giving you know people are still dying uh mm -hmm. economies have been destroyed irreparably and uh is there no way legally to really do something more quickly we have decided that if the jury um, in our investigation, in our grand jury investigation, uh, and that's another important factor. We're doing this outside of the system because we don't trust the system, at least not in Europe. And the second uh, thing that needs to be um, highlighted is uh, we did not, uh, we didn't even try to come to a verdict because that's not what this is about. It's an investigation. We're asking the jury, right. which is the people, our viewers, right. we're asking the jury to, uh, is this enough evidence for you to, um, uh, to indict these people, these defendants, Drusden, Fauci, Bill Gates, BlackRock, Pfizer, is this, and Tedros. Is this enough evidence or not? And if it's enough, 
they're going to indict. And uh, then this is, we just decided that we're going to have, we're going to take the second step and the second step will be a real trial still outside of the system. We're going to probably conduct one inside the system as well, because we do believe that things are coming to a head now. Uh, we have to see the, the whole picture and the whole picture doesn't just include corona it also include what's happening include uh, includes what's happening in ukraine right now talk about yeah. that link we believe that ukraine is part of the great reset the people who are behind this are always talking about the great reset this is no this is no secret because klaus schwab who uh, heads the world economic forum again an invention of kissinger and the cia in the 1960s uh, he wrote a book about this, and everyone talks about the Great Reset. All of their puppets, all of the world leaders, uh, they talk about the Great Reset. So this is designed, this is what the Great Reset is designed to do. It's designed to get complete control over everyone. That's why everyone needs to be vaccinated, which is completely stupid for uh, unless you want, you want complete control. If you listen to uh, Klaus Schwab, and if you listen to his um, advisor, Yuval Hariri, oh God, yeah, who talks about how humans are now completely hackable, and there have been reports, and I don't know what you and how we don't need so many humans. That's another thing he explicitly says. Yes, but the other thing he says is that um, vaccines. He doesn't say this. I have read reports where the, where they're saying that that these vaccines could, which are actually gene therapy, not vaccines. Statutorily, they are not vaccines, and that there are cases. There are cases uh, complaints that are being filed based on on that basis. But um, uh, he says that their software, uh, they, the the purpose of these vaccines is is to in instill uh, software into mm -hmm. nano software into people's systems, and uh, from which you can control them. Have you? Has your committee looked into that? Your group looked into that. Is that? Is there anything to that from your perspective? Yes. Yes, I think there is something to it. We haven't come to a definite conclusion yet, but some of the experts looked into what's in the vials. There may, there, what we saw is self-assembling nanoparticles, which look like a transistor of sorts and in conjunction with 5G. But this is, at this point, I would still say that this is speculation. We don't have enough concrete evidence, but in connection with 5G, it may be used to um, control people, to make them do things that they otherwise wouldn't do. What we do know now is that the mRNA vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer, uh, BioNTech, Pfizer, um, that they seem to shut off the immune system um, after the third shot or so. Uh, that's what it was designed to do. So they first create the problem and then they give you the solution, which means you need, because you have no immune system anymore, you'll need something in lieu of this, you need something else. And that is some pharmaceutical product. Basically yes. supplanting the human uh, immune system with vaccines as your immune system. So you yes. have to buy your immune system year mm -hmm. after year after year after year. Exactly. And it's, they, uh, what this is really about is 
that this is, some people even call it that in the meantime, there's a new word, vaccine-induced autoimmune deficiency syndrome. That's right, what it AIDS, is. Yeah, yeah. AIDS, that's what it yeah. is. And uh, this is, and you know what? I think Moderna just got EUA approval for uh, an HIV vaccine, uh, an AIDS vaccine. So there you have it. Well, why are we not surprised by that? (laughs) So I'm very interested in your your next phase, uh, which is the culprits. So are you basically doing deep dives into each of these individuals and you're going to present... uh, evidence of, of uh, their participation or their control or their, you know, their yes. being in part our, of rolling out this agenda? In our closing arguments for this first segment of, for this investigation, we're going to argue that each one of them is culpable. Uh, it's a criminal proceeding. Um, the next step will then be the real trial which will still be outside the system. But as I said, we're debating whether or not to simultaneously file a real complaint in a, in a, in a I mean, this is a real complaint, file a, a complaint in, inside the system. Here's what I believe. In order to achieve the great reset, which is uh, complete control over us, um, re- population reduction of about, by about 80%, and uh, complete control over those who, are, who survive. By way of getting us to agree to a one world government under the UN, which is under the control of the World Economic Forum, that's one goal. And number two is um, introducing, because the dollar is, um, is completely broke, the dollar system is broke, um, our currencies um, are dead, um, they're going to introduce, they're going to try and introduce a one world currency, a digital currency through which, again, they want to control us. The only way they can reach this goal is by causing complete and utter chaos. First step was Corona. It destabilized and disoriented many of us, at least 80% of the population, I believe, at least in the Western countries, not so much in Africa and in India. Um, and this total chaos needs a second phase. And that is what this war is about. That is what this war is about. Also, they're gonna use it in order to blame the many deaths. So many people are gonna probably not survive this. They're gonna use this in, in order to blame the many deaths, the, the collapse of the, uh, of the financial system, the collapse of the supply chains. They're all gonna blame it on that, on the war. And then they're gonna say, look, your national leaders can't deal with this. They're not, they're incapable. So what we need is a one world government. That's what this is all about. This is all gonna come to a head in our estimation, uh, probably in the fall. So by that soon, yeah, we we believe so. I hope we're wrong. I hope that there's still a way to avert this, uh, but I do believe that we're gonna have a real war, a real world war three. And, uh, but there are ways to survive this. Um, and we're gonna try and get this uh, trial um, to conclude uh, before that. After that, we're gonna be able then to enforce the judgment uh, because it's probably mostly us, the 20% who will uh, survive this uh, gigantic crash. 
When is the criminal trial? Uh, we're going to have a strategic meeting tomorrow in Berlin, and uh, we'll know by the end of the day uh, when we're going to start with the second phase. Okay. Well, listen, I thank you for coming on and bringing us up to uh, up to date on this. And of course, I appreciate your work very much. And we'll keep following this and hopefully something will break, something positive will break here because uh, this is not the world that we want to live in. 